In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, given what Paul writes, and given what Jesus says in this extended gospel, it would take three hours for us to be together to figure all of this out. I would love to have three hours with you all, but we don't have three hours, so we'll have to narrow things down a little bit. We will focus on the statement of Jesus where he says that in order to find your life, you really have to lose it. And if you lose your life, you'll actually find it. He says this many times in the Gospels. So I want to focus on the two ways that we lose our life in order to find it. The two ways that we lose our life in order to find it. The first way is, in fact, baptism. The first way that we lose our life is in baptism. Paul reminds us that in baptism... We actually die to the old life. We die to that old life. In fact, we're crucified with Christ in baptism. And so we share in his crucifixion, in his death, and also we share in his resurrection. All of this happens internally in the depths of our mind and our soul. It is in the immaterial part of us where this great transformation takes place. Our bodies have no change whatsoever in baptism. They are awaiting our physical death and then our resurrection. But internally, there is a very, very significant transformation within our souls that happens in baptism. We actually die to the old type of life and we're born anew to life in Christ, life in the Spirit. The reason that this has to happen is is that the life that we inherited from our mother and father is a wonderful gift of God, but it is a life that is subject to death. It is a living deadness. We only have a certain amount of time on this earth before we physically die. The life that we're born with from our mother and father is in fact a life that is subject to death. It's not the life of God. Christ comes to bring us eternal life. That is the divine human life that he himself has as the risen Lord. And he comes up to give us that type of life because that's the type of life that we desperately need because it's not the life that we are born with into this world from our mother and father. So we lose our life in baptism in order to gain it. We actually die with Christ internally in our hearts, our souls, in the immaterial part of ourselves. We go on living, of course, for however many number of days that we have to live. And then our body finally catches up with what has happened to our souls in baptism. Now, that's the first way that we lose our life. We don't talk about this. Most people don't understand about baptism. Uh, It's hard to teach. It takes time. Remember, it takes three hours to figure out all of this stuff, how this actually works. 
Most people, they just know that you want to be baptized and you get to dress up and, and you become a member of the church. But far more significant things are happening according to the apostles. Well, what's the next way that we actually lose our life in order to gain it? After baptism, we begin a long process of becoming ourselves in our mind, in our will, in our heart, in our living, what we were given at baptism. We become a child of God. We are placed into Christ. We are given the Holy Spirit at baptism, but we have many, many years of living to learn how to cooperate and actually act like we really have been given the gift of being a child of God. That is a long, arduous process. It's a daily process of losing our life in order to really gain the life eternal. In other words, in order, in order to actually become children of God, in order to live the eternal type of life, in order to order all of our life under the lordship of God and Christ and his love and his will and his way. And we know how challenging that is. Well, Christ says, I have come that you may have life and have it in all of its abundance. Speaking about eternal life, the life of God. So Christ has come to give us this life. Christ also says, I've not come to bring peace on the earth, but rather a sword, rather a sword. The second way that we lose our life in order to gain it is we present ourselves to Christ, who is the sword, and Christ over and over again begins to use that sword and to separate us from anything that would keep us from communion with God, keep us from loving God, keep us from knowing God. And so it is this Christ with the sword that we have a long period of our life to learn how to live in and with God. This image of the sword is uh, significant. And uh, Christ wields the sword upon us as someone who truly, truly loves us. I want to read a, a uh, passage of scripture uh, because this group probably knows this verse. This is from the letter to the Hebrews. And the word of God is mentioned and the word of God is Christ himself. It is the son of God the word made flesh, not the Bible. The Bible talks about the word of God. But listen to what this says. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides the soul and the spirit, joints from the marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, and before him, before Christ, no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. How about that? When's the last time you heard that? Christ has a sword, 
And just like a surgeon's scalpel will remove anything that threatens his beloved because God loves us so much that God wants to bring us through this entire process that we would know and love him and be in communion with him forever and ever. Nothing in this world is worth missing out on eternal life and communion with God and Christ and the saints in this new world that is promised to us. And so the people that I've spoken to have had cancer have let me know what a traumatic experience it is, how challenging it is, but I've never heard of anyone who said that even though they were terrified to present themselves to the surgeon's scalpel, that they weren't glad that they were able to do it, to give themselves to that surgeon so that surgeon could remove that cancer living in their body so they could live. Jesus, with his sword, does the same thing, but we have to present ourselves to him over and over again. We have to be open to him and honest with him about the places that he might need to do some work. Now that's challenging. That feels like I'm losing out on life. I'm, I'm losing out on all the great things of the world. Somehow I'm gonna miss out, but that's not the truth. The truth is, is that if we allow Christ to shape us, if we allow Christ to go to work on those parts of us that need that sort of refinement, that need a, a branch cut. Jesus talked about this. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And I'm gonna prune so you will be more fruitful. This is how it works. This is the painful, challenging process of discipleship and transformation that we're called to be about. Well, the truth is some people need more work than others. I don't know what need, what work you need. I am well aware of the work that is being done on me. And it is painful and it is challenging. And sometimes you say, oh, can't we just take a break for a while? But we're called every single day to present our, ourselves to Christ, who with his sword lovingly will untangle all of the vines that have gotten a hold of us he will chop away at relationships that are not good for us, relationships that can threaten us in many ways. He will chop away at things that are usually good things that have become idols and have captured our time and our attention and our focus. And he will chop away at those things just like someone going through the jungle. You know, they found entire civilizations that were completely grown over by jungles. And they found those civilizations because someone went through the jungle with a machete and they started hacking away. And lo and behold, look what they found. Christ is doing the same thing to us, just like a surgeon's scaffold. We know that children have to grow up. We love our children. But we know that there is a day 
that we have to take the passy away. Even though the child will cry and they need that passy so bad and they will scream and they'll throw a tantrum. But if we love them, we won't let them carry that passy too long, right? Because they have to grow up. Children have to learn to go to the bathroom in the bathroom and not in their pants. We know that if you love your kid, you're going to make sure that they learn how to be potty trained. And it just goes from there. Because we love our children, we want them to grow up to fulfill their highest potential. God loves us so much that he is willing to use the sword of Christ to prepare us to grow up, to become everything that we can be so we can share life with him, communion with him, and love with him and everyone else in his kingdom in heaven. We are called to present ourselves for this pruning process to be with Christ as he does his work on us. The issue is this. We often want to hang on to our passies. We want to continue to be uh, enthralled with the things of this world. And of course, many things in life, there's nothing to matter with these things, but we can lose our focus. We can become entangled. We can become worshipers of people, our things, our pursuits, rather than worshipers of God. And that's, of course, the problem. C.S. Lewis has two quotes that I want to end with. He says, God cannot give us a happiness and a peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. Our issue, the issue of many people, is is that we're seeking happiness and peace apart from God. And C.S. Lewis is reminding us there is no happiness and peace, anything that will last longer than just a few minutes even, apart from God himself. And so to lose our life in order to find the only real source of life, which is God in Christ, is to find life itself and happiness and peace. Let me finish with one other quote from C.S. Lewis. Because God really loves us and wants us. And that's good, good news. C.S. Lewis says, Christ says to us, give me all. I do not want so much of your time or so much of your money or so much of your work. I want you. Did you hear that? I want you. I have not come to torment your natural self, but to kill it. No half measures are any good. I don't want to cut off a branch here, a branch there. I want to have the whole tree down, hand over the whole natural self, all the desires which you think innocent, as well as the ones you think wicked, the whole outfit. I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself, says Christ, 
My own will shall become your will. Well, the two ways that we lose our life in order to actually gain it is we die with Christ in baptism. We are placed in union with him and he becomes our very life. And then we spend the rest of our living days this side of life with God in the age to come learning how to become what we've been given in baptism. And if we present ourselves to Christ, he will do the work that will bring us into his very life and kingdom. And in that way, we may feel like we're losing our life, but in fact, we're actually gaining it. Amen.